Today's episode is sponsored by Strip. After several months of maternity leave, I am back to work, which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. While I do enjoy wearing makeup, I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun, bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. Hello and welcome to Parently, where we tap into the unique experiences and perspectives of parents to celebrate the joys and honor the challenges of child rearing. With new interviews each week, this is a podcast for moms and dads seeking an empowering community and a little levity. Now here's your host, Kelsey Higgins. Hello and welcome to Parently. Today's guest is Michelle Benio. Michelle is a certified grief recovery specialist, parent mentor, and founder of Good Grief Parenting, whose purpose is to support parents who are raising young bereaved siblings after child loss. Her mission is to be a voice for the youngest of grievers and to help parents nurture and understand the unique needs of children who have lost a sibling in early childhood. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kelsey. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yes, I'm so happy to have you on. I have lots of questions for you, but let's just start with a little bit of background on you. Uh, Where did you grow up? Where do you live today? I am a Minnesotan. I've spent most of my life here. I grew up in the very northern uh, border with Canada in uh, on Lake of the Woods in Baudette, Minnesota. Oh, so, sure. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. I'm from, I'm in Minneapolis. So, yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that, Kelsey. That's great. Yeah. It so is we're, great. We're neighbors. I'm in Bloomington now. And, okay. But, but I grew up uh, in Baudette, Minnesota, the walleye capital of the world. And I have, um, you know, traveled and lived uh, outside of Minnesota some of the time. But I love it here. This is, I think Minnesota is a well-kept secret. If people want to think we're just snow and blizzards, that's okay with me. We don't need for the state to get crowded, but um, it's beautiful here, especially now. And um, yeah, I'm I'm the middle daughter of three, and I think that that has sort of shaped uh, my view of parenting and uh, my perspective on the parent-child relationship, because I always kind of felt like a persecuted middle child, Mm. Um, but 
Yeah. Um, I am the parent of two children, one living and one who has died, and the founder of Good Grief Parenting, as you shared in the intro. And um, that's, I guess, a bit about me. Well, I would ask you, how did you become interested in becoming, you know, a, a grief recovery specialist? But it sounds like there's some history there that may have led you on that journey. Can you uh, talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, I actually was an older mom and um, when I had a career in communications education and when I had my first child, my son, um, I loved parenthood and learned about early childhood family education that we have here in Minnesota in every school district and said, that's what I want to do. So uh, mm-hmm. after I had my first child, I got my master's in family education and uh, became a parent educator, had my daughter, my second child just before or just after graduating from that program so that I was able to do this work while I was myself a parent of two young children. And I thought my world was perfect. Um, I got to be with other parents every day while I was raising my two children. And then when my daughter was 15 months old, my son, uh, her brother, who was uh, about four at the time, was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so we were just thrown into this childhood uh, that was far from idyllic, so many limitations, so many fears. I didn't know how to do it. Despite my master's in family education, I really didn't know how to navigate this grief, this loss of um, the ideal childhood. And then two and a half years later, the actual death of my child. And all along the way, from the time she was 15 months old until her brother died at three and a half, my daughter was this little case study of how the sibling is impacted by this kind of crisis in a family. Mm. And when her brother died and she was three and a half, she said to me, Mommy, half of me is gone. Oh, yes. And so to have a three and a half year old articulate that. Uh, And I knew that was a true statement because of the nature of identity development in early childhood. So I came into this role as a bereaved parent from the perspective of what happens with children in early childhood when things like this become a part of their lives and just really wanting to make um, the future as bright as possible for a young child. Now I had a three and a half year old who had had part of her just stripped away. And she Mm -hmm. was now um, an only child that I was going to raise. She was still a sibling. I coined the term sibling by heart. She was still a sibling, but she didn't have a sibling growing up with her. And and I should say this was 22 years ago. She's now 25. And so I've spent the last uh, 22 years really learning about her journey as well as mine, um, parenting while grieving, and um, have, have uh, now gotten to the point um, where I am helping other parents understand and go straight through this um, 
this lost journey toward bright possibilities and even joy. That's my mission with Good Grief mm-hmm. Parenting. That's that's heavy stuff, Michelle. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry about your loss. I'm sorry to hear that. Generally speaking, I think this can be a topic that's really difficult for parents to hear uh, and or talk about. So I'm curious from your career standpoint, is this difficult for you to deal with and talk about every day with with grieving parents? Or is it some, you talked about finding joy. Just talk to me a little bit about that because I feel like <clears throat> it would be very hard to to be in this career field for a lot of people it would it would it would take an emotional toll on them absolutely this is such a huge can of worms uh, let me try to be succinct in my response cuz so many things came to mind first of all um you know when this happened to me i thought okay i am in the field of early childhood so i know where the resources are i think this put me at an advantage as a parent because i came into my loss and my grief journey with that perspective already that i want that i needed to make my family healthy whatever you know, now it wasn't the family I expected. I had had this tremendous devastation of dreams about a family. Um, I actually ended up being divorced uh, soon after my son died, and it was not because of my son's journey. Um, That's a whole different story. But so it was me and my daughter, and I had to figure out how to do that. And I thought, well, I'm in the field. I'll go find the resources. I know where to look. Mm. There were no resources. This was 22 years ago. There are more now, but not a whole lot more, I'd have to say. But then there weren't any. But I had my foundation of knowing and really being aware of what she you know, needed as a a three and a half year old, and then figuring out I knew nothing about grief or how to do that with a young child. Mm. And I knew then that whatever I figured out, I was going to have to share. But in answer to your question, Kelsey, it took me until my daughter was um, in high school and uh, and out of high school to really be able to to um, establish good grief parenting and start looking at other parents' journeys and saying, okay, now I can focus elsewhere. I had no idea at the outset. I knew I needed to do this, but I didn't know that it would be so hard to do it while I was living it. And mm-hmm. so I have now been doing good grief parenting for about, you know, five or six years. And the reason was that I just really couldn't look at other people's journeys and really wholeheartedly step into them until mine had sort of reached um, that that end point of her growing through childhood, there is still, of course, the issue of sibling loss, which will be part of her life and child loss, a part of mine for the rest of our lives. But, Mm -hmm. and there are times when I, um, 
when I do get hooked, uh, even now, even 22 years later, I do get hooked by other people's stories, walking in other people's experiences. And sometimes I need to just allow myself to step back and take a break. And that's the other thing that I've learned, you know, not knowing anything about grief, there really is a debate, uh, I'd call it a debate in the grief um, space about how long grief lasts. Mm -hmm. Well, grief is for a lifetime, it changes, it doesn't have to handicap our whole life. But it certainly can be triggered even 22 years later and be very strong and very real for a brief amount of time. So I've, I've just kind of learned to navigate all of this and recognize that I need to give myself space when I need it, even now, to experience grief. And of course, it's much briefer, even though it can be very intense, it's much briefer now than it was in the beginning. But it's been a fascinating journey to see how it's impacted me and my daughter over these last 22 years. So yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. Okay, let's talk a little bit about good grief parenting. So what what is the approach? What are you teaching parents and and what are you teaching them about their children? I'll just Mm -hmm. talk to you a little bit about that. Yes. You know, I, as I said, I didn't know anything about grief when I encountered it. I mean, I'd had older relatives die who were, you know, people that had not been, uh, who lived afar and weren't in my day-to-day life. But to have this experience was totally different. And I had a three and a half year old who said half of me is gone. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want this to be her life. Uh, I was, I was, wary of grief, um, worried about it being a part of her life and worried about doing something wrong and being so inept and inadequate to support her and not even really knowing how I was supposed to do grief. People talked to me about the stages of grief. And so I thought, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do but I didn't do any of that. And so one thing I would say to your listeners is the stages of grief are not a recipe. In fact, um, they're not everyone's experience. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who identified those stages, was actually talking about the stages that a person goes through when they themselves have a terminal diagnosis and are facing their own death. And Ah. so they just make so much more sense in that context. They really weren't identified for grievers. And I did not do that. And so I thought, I'm doing this wrong. I'm not grieving right. But luckily, I did, um, you know, I did have some good uh, parent support groups through the hospital where my child had uh, been treated. My daughter had some grief support. We had this for about eight weeks, you know, and then we were loosed to live the rest of our lives. And that's where I needed more support. Um, and what I learned in from the grief support group as a start, but from my own experience, was that grief isn't this thing that we should strive to avoid and that we should protect our children from. And I think 
parents often start with, I don't want this to hurt my child or impact my child. But childhood, I've come to realize, is really the best time to learn about grief. Mm -hmm. Grief really is good because it is a normal, natural human response to loss and it is the way that we heal. People who have a challenge healing are typically people who try to avoid grief and push it away and don't want to experience it. So this is part of the good grief parenting message is that, you know, we have it, we need to deal with it, and we go straight through it. And so uh, the, the grief educator, Earl Grohlman, says the only way to cure grief is to grieve, just to go right through it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I start with the good grief parenting approach. And I start by helping adults look at their view of grief, which often is very much like mine. You know, it's something to be avoided, something we don't want children to have to deal with. And so I start with, I have four heartbeats of the good grief parenting approach. And the first one is good grief beliefs, just really looking at how we view grief and reframing that in um, to recognize that it's a human experience that we go through and that if we allow it to do what it needs to do, we can heal with grief. And it can be for young children, the way that they learn really valuable life skills that are going to serve them for the rest of their lives. The second heartbeat is enduring bonds. And that's the idea that dispels, you know, one of the common approaches people will often try to tell a griever, aren't you, you know, isn't it time for you to get over this? And Mm. that really is not a helpful approach to recovering or getting over grief. It's more helpful to recognize that we can carry our loved one forward and that death ends, uh, it ends a life, but it doesn't end a relationship. And this is really important for a young child who's lost a sibling, because my daughter still has her brother, but her relationship with him has been very different than it would have been if he were living. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and also the enduring bond of other relationships that are impacted by the grief, the other adult, um, the other parent or partner, other family members, friends. So an important part of grieving is looking at our, um, the bonds and relationships we have and how to help them endure through grief. Mm. And the third heartbeat is essential messages, which is the child that's left to grow up needs to hear these essential messages that all children need to hear. But in the context of having lost a child, um, a sibling, this child needs to know I'm loved just as much as that child that my parents are so heartbroken over. I am capable of healing from this. My parents are capable of healing from this. We are, you know, I am valuable. My feelings matter. How do parents interact with grieving children to give them the message that 
their feelings matter, to help them with their emotions and their feelings that they have just as adults do. And then the fourth uh, heartbeat of good grief parenting is what are we going to do as a family to put all of this understanding in place in our family so that we can all live forward, which is the term I use because the idea is not just to move forward, it's to live, to live life to the full and Mm. to live forward toward a future that's bright with possibilities for everyone who remains alive, and even joy. And so this is kind of in a nutshell, what we work through in the good grief parenting approach. That's great. That's a lot of uh, information, Mm -hmm. Michelle. One thing as you were talking that I was thinking about, and in particular, when you were sharing your personal story is you know, how I think it would be really difficult as a parent to balance your own grief and deal with that and manage that while helping your child or children cope with it as well. What are your tips around that piece of it? That that's such an important question because that really is where most uh, you know where parents begin. I mean, parenting, in and of itself, in the best of circumstances, is so challenging, and grieving is so challenging. And when we're doing them both at the same time, it it, it almost feels impossible. And so, again, when we talk about good grief parenting. It is something to just go through and to go through together as a family. Part of that, uh, what parents deal with is exposing their child, as, as I already talked about. And the idea with good grief parenting is that it isn't either or. You are grieving. Your child is grieving. You can go through it together by allowing your child to know when you're having a hard time um, to allow them to see you cry and to be able to have conversations about how you're feeling because kids are watching us and they're learning from us and we want them to learn that this is that it's normal and natural to have all of these big feelings and um, you know it's it's normal to to be sad and um, that we also can get through this. And so um, it's just really important for parents to see that you can go through this together as a family. I help parents understand how to have conversations with children to say, to use the word dead and die. That's a starting place, not soften it for kids because dead and died are not, um, they don't carry all the baggage for kids that they do for adults. I, it was, you know, I choked on the words, my son died when mm-hmm. he died. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to identify him that way, but I needed to use that word with my daughter because it's the only word that act, uh, that accurately describes what had happened to her brother. She grew up with that understanding Um, It wasn't this horrible thing for her. It was something for her to learn. His body stopped working. 
He can't do any of the things he used to do. He can't play with you anymore or talk to you or laugh or give us hugs. Um, And children have their own experiences. Speaking of giving hugs, one time I was very sad and I was saying to my, and, and we, of course, from our perspective, believe that in our family, that we're going to see David again, that his presence is with us. That's Mm -hmm. part of the comfort that we have. And so I said to her, I was sad because David wasn't there to give me hugs anymore. And she looked at me and said, oh, mommy, he still hugs me. And so she had her own experience of her brother. And this, I hope that this is just encouraging to parents to recognize that kids do not see it the way we do. So Mm -hmm. we can just walk with them through it and empower them to uh, heal as we heal and do it as a family. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You said something when you were talking about your daughter and how her age impacted, you know, how she identified herself and and her brother and their relationship. So I just want to know a little bit more about the particular significance of sibling loss in early childhood specifically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And again, I, I that is so important, Kelsey, because I don't think we think about that. I was listening to another podcast just yesterday about adult sibling loss, and siblings are always the overlooked mourners. There's so much focus on how the parent must feel when they lose a child too soon. Mm -hmm. And it's no different than, you know, with young children. And the other thing about young children is that we think they don't really experience the grief or that they haven't necessarily um, had the relationship that they're going to miss. And this is so off target. The moment a child becomes a sibling, they have a really strong connection, and we often don't really even understand it. One of the things that I explored, because the other thing, when I talk about my daughter being a case study, the other thing she did right away in the beginning that that really brought her experience into focus for me was when she was 15 months old, the very first night that her brother was gone overnight at the hospital and his dad was with him and she and I were home alone and I was not a mess. I was not distraught, but she was. She wandered around the house wailing. The sound she was making was frightful to me. It was inhuman. And Mm. I would go to her and try to comfort her and she'd push me away and throw herself on the floor. She was just despondent because she was feeling with every cell in her body that something was terribly wrong. Her brother was gone and her dad was gone. And she knew that that was devastating. That just really alerted me to the fact that she was feeling this like the rest of us. 
And as a result, throughout the two and a half years when we were in and out of the hospital with her brother, she was in and out of the hospital with us. We said, you know, we're not going to have her in the loving care of neighbors and other people while the rest of us in the family are having this experience because she's having it too. And Mm -hmm. we need to allow her to understand it. And so, um, Even as a tiny little 15-month-old, she was experiencing this. And I think as adults, we often don't recognize that. I had to really look hard to find resources to teach me about this early childhood sibling connection because there wasn't much out there. But I found a book called Shadows in the Sun that was about the sibling relationship in early childhood. It was written, I think, in the early 1990s by Betty Davies, who did studies of sibling loss in the 1980s. And she would share stories of adults who would come and hear her speak who would have a light bulb go on because they'd been carrying something that was unsettling in their being, and they didn't know what it was, but after hearing her, they recognized that it was because as a very young child, they had lost a sibling, and that loss was never addressed. They were never helped with that loss. You know, many families, especially when they lose really young children, it might have been a child Um, that was stillborn. You know, this child was expecting a sibling who never came home. In some cases, it was a twin, but the family never talked about it. And yet the child felt this connection. So this is the message that I just really want parents to hear. And that is that no matter how young the child is, when they become a sibling, it becomes a part of their identity for the rest of their life. And the best service we can do to children is help them recognize this relationship and, um, and understand it and carry it forward. That's that enduring bond piece. And just the recognition of it can really help the child to adjust better to growing up as a bereaved sibling. How is how is what you're doing different than what other approaches might be? The best way for me to answer that is to share a quote that you'll find on my website and other places, my website, goodgriefparenting.com, by an author, Anne Royfe, who wrote a book after her husband died, and she said there are two parts to grief. The first part is loss, and the second part is the remaking of life. And this is important for all of us, for young families, it is so important because we go to grief support groups, we have people helping us with the loss, we've lost a loved one, we're devastated, our dreams are shattered, grief support groups help you get your feet back on the ground. But when you're a young family, it's like, oh my gosh, now we have to live without this child. I expected to raise my daughter with her brother. I didn't. I raised her by herself with her brother as a presence with us, not a physical presence. That's very different. 
I had to remake life. And it wasn't something that I had to do just at the time that he died. Everything about her life and mine was different going forward. There are so many secondary losses and times in her life and mine where we bump into the fact that her brother should be there, but he's not. That's that remaking of life. And it is different for a three and a half year old than it is for a six year old or a 12 year old or a 25-year-old, which is who she is now. And mm. so what I do is help parents walk that lifelong journey, that journey from you know, early childhood to graduating from high school, even graduating from college. My daughter had a lot of awarenesses and processing when she was in college. Um, so it's an ongoing journey for us as adults. You know, we have our loss, we have our grief, we have our skills to cope with it. Children don't. They don't have the experience. They don't have the skills. And those are going to continue to, they're going to continue to be confronted by experiences where they bump into their grief and continue to learn new skills and have new experiences. So it's a very, very unique journey of parenting. And that's, um, that's how I'm different from the grief support groups that help you deal with loss. I help families remake the rest of their lives in positive, healthy, um, even joyful ways. So yeah. Well, that's beautiful, Michelle. And it's, it always amazes me how people can take tragic and, and difficult situations in their lives and something very special and helpful and beautiful comes out of it. I think that's uh, inspiring. And I just am so impressed with everything that you've done uh, in the last, well, gosh, that would have been 22 years. 22 years. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Michelle, was there anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't specifically ask about? I just really want to reiterate the message that when we are confronted with grief, when we lose a child, we always have the choice of how we're going to live forward. I am so saddened to be in um particularly Facebook groups, for example, where many bereaved parents go for support to see uh, or to, to read parents saying, I will never be okay. I am, you know, it's been 20 years and I'm still devastated. You will never be okay. You will carry this forever. It Mm. is true that we will always grieve the loss of our child, but we don't have to be devastated. And it looks utterly impossible in the beginning. You cannot see that there's something better ahead of you. My, I have a seven-week course called See Your Way Forward After Child Loss. And the whole point is that you can lift up your chin, lift up your eyes, and not be looking at where you are right now, not be looking back at where you still had your child. We just don't want to leave that child behind. And you don't have to. 
You can carry them forward with you. But I just want parents who feel devastated right now to begin to really entertain the truth that they get to choose how they're going to live forward and they can uh, have, a, they can enjoy life again after this and to trust their own wisdom as a parent in going forward from here. And I just really want them to hear that. That's wonderful. Thank you, Michelle. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, it's, it can be really difficult to find the positivity and the joy in conversations like this and topics like mm-hmm. this. But you have a unique way of, of weaving it into the conversation. It's a, uh, it's a gift of yours, I think. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining today, Michelle. I really appreciate all your expertise and your time. It was uh, really nice speaking with you. Thank you, Kelsey. I enjoyed being here. And to all of the listeners, thank you for joining as well. I invite you to tune in again next week for another insightful conversation. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next time.